The only time there's an automatic enrollment into the Medicare program is if you're drawing your Social Security benefit check. If you're not doing that, then you actually have to apply for things. So that's one common misconception that people think, right? I'm just, I'm going to turn 65, it's just going to start. Yeah. It's, it's not unless you're drawing Social Security. We are looking forward our way from Studio C in the 511 Studios in the Brewery District, just south of downtown Columbus, Ohio. This is Brett. Carol and I are excited to welcome our returning guest, Josh Kinzel from Seniority Benefit Group. Josh, as always, it's great to have you here with us today. Oh, it's great to be here. I think Hi, we Hi, do. We have a green jacket that goes along with th- the third timer. Oh, maybe, <laughs> or I don't we know. Need to look into it. Yeah, exactly. Some kind of present. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get get one of those old mugs out. You know? A key to the door. I don't oh, know. Oh, well, there you, you know, go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you guys make it fun, and that's why I come back. We'll go. See, so I'm glad. I'm there, glad it's part see, of it. Uh, and that's what counts. That's what I. Yep. I'm always telling folks that over and above everything else, we do have fun when we do this. Yes. Almost mm-hmm. to to the point of. <laughs> Not Distraction. <laughs> okay, Josh, it is always a pleasure to have you in the studio. We know our listeners will receive critical information on the Medicare programs, whether for themselves, family members, friends. So, you know, thank you again for your time and your expertise. Right. Oh, we, no problem. Yeah, we keep, yeah, we keep looking and learning every time that you're on. The third time I know we're going to learn something new. Sure. You know, we've been mm-hmm. through it, but it's... Every year is different. So, you know, we want to discuss the annual changes in the Medicare program and the open enrollment process. Today's goal is to take the mystery out of Medicare, review some of the changes coming up in 2023, because there's always changes that happen, and let our listener know that there are individuals and organizations to help them through this important process. You don't have to go it alone. Right. And and truly, listeners, I always um, get Josh to come over here and do this because, you know, I want to have the scoop on Medicare since I have to update my Medicare. So, you know, this is all for everybody's benefit and particularly my own. Um, so, Josh, first and foremost, let's talk about Seniority Benefit Group, how you work with both individuals and employers to demystify the Medicare process, services and programs. So give us an overview of the company and your background Mm -hmm. in Medicare. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, Seniority Benefit Group actually came out of another company called CCI Benefit Solutions. And when we started with CCI Benefit Solutions, it really was just helping employers with employee benefits. And so every year we're talking about here's how much it's going to cost for a family or an individual. But then we were starting to get the question more and more about, well, what do we do about Mr. Smith, who's turning 65? Mm-hmm. And my, the owner of our company has always had a passion for helping folks in that arena. And he realized that, why don't we just make our whole company about helping people with Medicare, but then also keeping a toes in the water of the employer side of it so we can help the employers transition folks to Medicare. But our whole focus now at Seniority Benefit Group is taking someone who's turning 65 and whether they're still working or somebody who's on the individual Medicare uh, search or, or, or trying to find where they need to go, we help guide them through that process. So it does, it's not so overwhelming for someone who's 64 and now are getting 10 calls a day from folks right. all over the United States talking about penalty, penalty, penalty. And a lot of times it's just us telling them, take a step back, consider the resource, consider who's calling you and why they might be trying to tell you you have to do something now. We want to be that local presence for somebody to come and just talk about their Medicare options with us, but then also the employer side. We still get calls because of our connection into that world 
to say, well, what do we do about our employees who are turning 65? What can we do? What can they do? You know, mm-hmm. when you really think about it, your company came in at sort of that prime time when all the baby boomers started aging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This really probably wasn't an issue for employers before because folks were either retiring, yeah. they were ill and couldn't continue working. So by the time they hit 65, they may not have been part of the employee mm-hmm. uh, workforce. And so that really was was timely. And listeners, after last year's um, podcast that we did with Josh, I was talking to a cousin of mine who was watching all those TV new, um, commercials. Oh, and, you know, this actor was telling them this and this actor was telling them that. And so mm-hmm. I had him talk to Josh and find out and make sure they were on the right path because it is confusing. Mm-hmm. You have to watch who is telling you what. Well, that's it's always consider the source. Right. And it is very, very frustrating for someone who I've been doing this now for close to 15 years where we have to untangle a lot that those commercials are are, are winding up for folks. Right. And right. Not that we don't like doing that, but it's it's just frustrating that had they have reached out to a local resource first, maybe they wouldn't have had to have the headache of of retracting some maybe right. the decisions they made over the phone. Yeah, right. when when some has been actors telling you you're going to get more money in your social security, you really need to take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And there are times that can be, but a lot of times in Ohio. It's a national commercial, remember, and so when they ask for your zip code and as soon as you put in that it's Ohio zip code, the person on the other end of the phone knows that that's not necessarily the case in Ohio. Right. But it's a national commercial that people think that it's true for everybody then. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's it's tough. So, and you've been doing it for 15 years now. What have you learned over the years? Mm-hmm. That, you know, that well, let's let's say if you could tell your yourself five years in, you had that ability to talk to that Josh now Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. about all this whole process Mm -hmm. of working with clients and how this all works. Well, what I'm realizing and what makes it so enjoyable is that it does feel complicated on the outside when you're first approaching the topic. Mm -hmm. But once you've been on the inside for a while, you realize that, yes, there are some decisions and critical decisions to be made and and there, but it's just based on, when you you can lay it out in a way that people aren't threatened by, oh, you can go this way or that way. Here's the pros and cons of this way. Here's the pros and cons of that way. So my what I've learned over the 15 mm-hmm. years is that people don't necessarily want myself or, or somebody they're seeking advice with just to throw up all the information they know and to try right. to prove how much they know. And, and here's all the different nitty gritty of every single one of those plans. What what I found that people approach us for is the the to simplify that for them. They mm-hmm. you could read every book out there, you could look at every website out there. I could recite that information to you, but being able to to craft it into more simplistic conversation with folks, I think, is what I've I've learned over the years. Is that it's not so much right people they need to trust you a little bit, but once you've had that trust, you don't have to tell them everything about every little detail that you know. It's more of the we're going to help you here, but we're going to also ride with you along this journey where we're going to help you at the beginning, but every year, which we're approaching now, we're getting back in front of folks and saying, let's look at this again. So it's not as if we're someone that's just going to come in, put mm-hmm. you in a plan, and then you'll never hear from us again. Right. And and the other thing, too, and it's sort of the blessing of having to go through open enrollment every year is that every year you get another opportunity to get, make sure you've got the right person helping you, Mm -hmm. you're in the right plan, 
you know, you may make a mistake on the plan, but you're probably going to fix that within a year. Mm -hmm. Hopefully you make it through that year. Mm -hmm. But um, listeners, it's it's so important to have a good connector. And and Josh's company does that. Um, I'm unfortunately in a in a system in which I'm not able to use them, but have talked to a lot of clients and Josh and his colleagues and and they've done a great job. So well thank you, Carol. Yeah, we we take pride in in our approach, but we know we can't necessarily help everybody in their specific situations. But what we're here for too is just to to reaffirm that your retiree plan, this is what you have to do. Right. We'd love to help you, but we don't want to get in the middle of that. So we take the approach that we really want to make sure when somebody comes to us, it's not that our blinders are on, that they we have to, quote unquote, sell them a product. We our, our quality is to make sure that you realize, hey, look, you're still working. This still makes sense to stay on that plan. Or, hey, you have this retiree benefit to you. Don't go through us. Go through that. Um, and, and that's a point that we want to make sure that people understand, just like your company, other groups that are, and I'm using the term connector, I think mm-hmm. that's the, the right term, everybody's paid the same. So you're not making more money because you push a particular product. Correct. You, you know, the federal government has regulated that. So we are all protected from scams or people pirating each other. That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So that that's... um. You know, find a good connector and use those connectors. That's the message. Right. Well, each year we review the major pieces of the Medicare plan. It's parts A and B and the part D pharmacy plan, supplemental plans, and finally advantage programs. It's important that participants, and we've emphasized this, to know and understand the changes. The healthcare program is critical to you, the listener, so many other adults, and as medical costs continue to skyrocket, but it is a complicated web of programs and services. So I, I think it would be best right now, let's review those parts and pieces so we kind of understand mm-hmm. what's kind of automatic, but also ones that we really need to zone in on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I'll take it from the approach of somebody, let's say you're 64 and a half, because at the age of 65 is when you become eligible for Medicare. So if you are that individual and thinking, well, what do I need to do? What's automatic? Like you said, Brett, the only time there's an automatic enrollment into the Medicare program is if you're drawing your Social Security benefit check. If you're not doing that, then you actually have to apply for things. So that's one common misconception that people think, right? I'm just, I'm going to turn 65. It's just going to start. Yeah. It's, it's not unless you're drawing Social Security. And and for my group, we didn't draw Social Security till sixty six. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you that that's a that's critical. Yeah. So you know you have to actually do something if you want Medicare to start at sixty five. But then that decision comes in. Well, what do we need to have at sixty five? And there's two parts of Medicare A and B. That's original Medicare that's been there since the beginning. And when you're approaching sixty five, the first question is always: Are you still working, or do you have coverage through a spouse that is still working? Because that will determine what part of Medicare you may or may not want to have. But just to review, part A is hospitalization. So that's the one through the government that addresses if you're inpatient. And many folks, that doesn't have an additional cost because you've paid the appropriate Medicare taxes over your working career. So a lot of times, with the disclaimer, not every time, but a lot of times folks will pick that up regardless because it doesn't cost any extra. And now you have uh, an insurance to help with the the hospitalization. Then Part B of Medicare, B as in boy, addresses anything outside of the hospital. So you go to a doctor, you have a follow-up or an outpatient surgery. 
Part B is what addresses that. Those two combined cover those services at about 80%, mm-hmm. not down to the penny, but A and B of Medicare is about an 80% medical plan. So then once that was released back in 1965, the insurance companies realized, okay, there's some holes in that. There's some gaps that we can potentially fill. And that's where the supplements came in and the prescription drug plans and Medicare Advantage. So everybody, once you're retired, you have to have A and B of Medicare, that 80% coverage, but then you can go two paths for the majority of folks, two paths. You can either do a Medicare supplement or a Medigap plan, where remember A and B covers 80%. Your Medigap plan could cover the other 20, pay a premium for that. And you add a prescription drug plan to that as well. That's part D. And a lot of the times when people are getting calls from folks from out of states, they're talking about the Medigap type of plan. Mm-hmm. And a lot of folks that are calling from out of state can only talk to you about that. So that's the other thing to be aware of is that they may only be telling you 50% of the story. Right. But that is one option where you have Medicare A and B covering 80%, a Medigap plan covering the other 20 or the vast majority of that, and a Part D. The other are these Medicare Advantage plans where that's Part C. So you have A and B of Medicare, you have D, which is the drugs, you have C, which is Medicare Advantage. And so it is easy to start to realize it m- might make some sense to talk to somebody about that to try to, to right. sort that out. Mm-hmm. And, and it's the, what I found was that going that traditional A and B mm-hmm. as opposed to Advantage, mm-hmm. the big issue there is your doctors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you really need to kind of hone in on Who's going to accept? What What are your doctors going to accept, and what does the the insurance accept? Yep, absolutely, and that's the the very large part of when mm-hmm. you're going through and reviewing that with someone. Make sure that you have that list of doctors ready, like you said, Carol, to, so they can check for you to whatever plan that you're going to ultimately choose. Your doctors will accept, mm-hmm. and same with the prescriptions. You want to make sure that those are covered as well. Right. Mm-hmm. right. So, Joss, I, I know there's uh, changes coming up in 2023, including changes to the monthly premium. Some of that information is available, um, as well as deductibles and program limits. Um, is there some good news that you can give us? Well, not yet. But what has happened recently within the past couple of weeks is that President Biden signed the Inflation Reduction Act, which does focus on some of the prescription needs right. Mm-hmm. for for folks on Medicare, which that part is very, very exciting because the part of me that I hate, uh, a part of my job that is that I hate is when somebody comes in with a list of medications that they have no control over. Right. They need to take them because it's something that just improves quality of life. And now all of a sudden there's this huge price tag on it. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a perfect solution for them because at the moment and will continue to be, there's no perfect solution for that, unfortunately, where you could end up spending quite a bit. With the Inflation Reduction Act, if everything goes through, like they said, eventually there's going to be caps on how much somebody has to spend on prescription drug plans, which that part's very exciting. Mm-hmm. Whether that all rolls out in a timely manner, that the, it should be in 2025 is where it's laid out that that, so we do have a couple years to go, but that's good news on the horizon, hopefully. Mm-hmm. The cost of Medicare, we don't know that for next year yet. But one of the things that we've been hearing is that it might, it maybe stays stagnant, which might not seem like a great thing. But last year was the largest increase it's had ever mm-hmm. on right. your Part B premium right. because of what they thought they had to spend on, ironically, one of these medications. And they realized that they, they misjudged how much they were going to have to spend for that. 
So they actually admitted earlier this year that maybe they charge too much for Medicare this year. Cool. Yeah. So fingers hmm. crossed that might now in the world we're living, I don't know if that means it the will government said that they made a mistake. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I know. I know. So that's, it's that's well, one. And, and so now you're also talking about even if it just remains stagnant, that's almost like a pay increase. Yeah. <laughs> and and in social security may be getting its biggest bump in years. Mm-hmm. So that will be critical for folks who are literally living it's not paycheck to paycheck it's social yeah. security check to yeah. social security check yeah so. and and we should know more of that information normally later in september they release release the part b um information for next year so hopefully we'll know that soon mm-hmm. all right okay. well whether an individual has been on medicare for years or just turning 65 we know from past episodes working with you that you know you need to understand your medical history and medication needs in order to choose that best plan. So what is the most important part in the details of their health, health issues and the physical abilities that they have I mean, that they need to bring to the table to talk to you? Are there specific areas that an individual should pay very close attention to? Maybe others that just that's not as important, but at the same time, let's keep it out here knowing it could turn into something maybe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that's the other part that I've learned over the years is that it's very hard. It's impossible to predict our health. Right. So it's more of a, a feel type of decision, which sounds weird when you're talking about health insurance. And I talk to a lot of people who are very analytical that they want to have this formula that they punch in the right things. And it comes out and says, you should be on a supplement and a drug plan, and you're going to save X amount of money by doing that. That calculator just doesn't exist, unfortunately. So it is more of, I, I just like to tell folks that when we're talking about those two basic pathways to go down, don't worry that maybe one's not going to cover a service that the other isn't. It's just a matter of how much you might have to pay for that. And so it's more of a comfort level of where your risk tolerance is. Are you okay with going with a plan that might have a higher out-of-pocket risk for you, but the trade-off is a lower premium? Or do you want to just say, I'm going to pay a higher premium right now so I don't have to worry about that risk? Mm-hmm. And But I've learned that the Medicare system along the way actually is a pretty darn good plan when it's compared to an individual offering or even a lot of employer plans anymore where mm-hmm. people, when we start to go through and say what your deductible is on Medicare or your copay is on a Medicare Advantage plan, people are like, oh, wow, well, my deductible at work now is, is $5,000. you are telling me it's a $200 on a Plan G supplement or I pay a, a $40 copay when I see my primary care. You're telling me it's a five on one of these Medicare Advantage plans? So overall, it, it it's really a good option regardless of which way you go. Hmm. So I try to tell people, don't stress too much. We are there to make sure you don't make an obvious mistake like – you have a doctor that needs to be on your plan and you pick a plan that doesn't have your doctor mm-hmm. on it. Like right, I mentioned right, earlier, right, right. We, we make sure you don't fall in those huge potholes, but it really is an individual decision. And what I found over the years and even guiding my own parents and, and they tell me exactly how everything is working. <laughs> my dad is on a supplement and a drug plan. My mom's on Medicare Advantage and they both like them. There you so go. it's just a testament that both paths work. It just depends on the individual. Mm-hmm. Well, but I think, too, that the message really is that people have to do a little bit of their homework. Mm-hmm. Um, they really need to sit down and think about who are, who are my doctors, because that's where had I not had a connector helping me, I would have been in the wrong plan because I have a nurse practitioner. Mm-hmm. You can do that on Medicare traditional plans. Most of the Advantage plans, you can't use a nurse practitioner. 
and I wasn't willing to give her up because she's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. it just it it um, it you have to be really careful. But if I hadn't like written all of that out yeah. so that I could talk to my connector rep, yeah, that, that I wouldn't have known. And and that's what something that is the service that we offer is we look up those doctors for folks. I was with a. A lady the other day who she kept apologizing as I was looking up all her doctors and all these different companies. She goes, oh, that's something I could do. I was like, yes, it could. You could. But that's why you came to me. I know how to navigate this. Mm-hmm. So stop apologizing. <laughs> I, I I just want to help. And so eventually she did stop. But yeah. she just felt so bad that, oh, you're looking at all these different websites. But that's what we're there for. Right. So, so utilize someone like mm-hmm. us right. to make sure you're not just in over your head. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Josh, let's do a little bit more examination on Part D because I think mm-hmm. I remember when they first came out, they were confusing that. I'm not mm-hmm. sure because you're talking about the donut hole yeah. and all of that stuff. Let's talk about Part D programs that cover pharmaceutical needs. Are there specific issues that Medicare pay, uh, participants really have to pay close attention to when they pick a Part D program? And also, and, and this again may be one of those issues that we don't know for sure, but there are medications coming up that may or may not be covered by Medicare, such as the new Alzheimer's drug. Mm-hmm. Well, with the prescription drug plans, the one good thing is that we can change those every year without any issue. Mm-hmm. So it is a year-to-year decision. But when you're making that decision, you really just have to look at the formularies on these prescription drug plans to make sure your medication's covered. Or if you need to go through a prior authorization to get to the drug that you need and your doctor right. knows you need. But those are some of the nuances that it, maybe they're un, it's unavoidable. But when we tell folks that, yes, you'll have to have your doctor involved, they said, okay, well, at least I have a heads up that, mm-hmm. that they're going right. to have to do something here to make sure it's covered. But the biggest thing is just to make sure that all your your medications are on their formulary, which is a list of covered medications. Mm-hmm. Every drug plan has to at least have two medications for every prescribing class. So that's another, just if you're on a drug plan, you know your doctor at least has two choices for anything oh, they might have to, okay. have to prescribe you. Now, maybe of those two choices, they... They don't like those two choices, but at least there are two options that you could potentially have. Is that like the, the regular and generic? Is that the kind of choice you're talking about? Yeah, okay. but there's there has to at least be two for high blood pressure, for instance, or, okay. or cholesterol or gotcha. diabetes. There has to at least be two. Mm-hmm. Um, the drug plans do, and we take the most amount of time on those because it is one of those fixed costs for folks. It's the premium that you pay for things. You know that's coming out of your bank or your Social Security check. And you also know you have to pick up your medications. And so we talked to them about even going to the right pharmacies. Mm -hmm. Some pharmacies are less than others. So you you shop that a little bit. Mm -hmm. But there are four stages of this drug plan that I'll go over just hopefully briefly here, but just to give people a foundation of what these are, where the government doesn't have a Part D plan. It's not through the, the government. It's through private insurance companies. But the government has a basic structure that they all have to follow. And so there are four stages of a drug plan, which again, makes it confusing sometimes, mm-hmm. but when you lay it out at least, they're allowed to have a deductible up to a certain amount. Right now it's $480. That normally changes every year. So your drug plan might have that deductible. Mm. So that's another thing that you want to have, be aware of that at the beginning of a year, you might pay full price for a medication that you had been paying a copay for. Mm-hmm. But so your first stage is the deductible. Then you go into the copay stage 
where then it feels more like what you've been used to forever. You go to Kroger or Giant Eagle, you show, you pick up your medication, they charge you a flat rate, the insurance picks up the rest. Then you go into the coverage gap or the donut hole, which Carol, you referenced there, where once the cost of your medications, the full cost reach a certain amount, now you're paying a percentage. Now the Affordable Care Act really helped in that particular spot where the reason it was called the coverage gap is because initially you had to pay 100% of the cost of your medication while you were there, which was very, very hard for folks. And with the Affordable Care Act, they reduced that down to now 25%. So you still pay while you're in there, but it's 25% instead of 100. Then beyond that, if your medications reach a certain limit, you go into the catastrophic phase where you pay 5% of your meds. With that Inflation Reduction Act, then next year, well, in 2024, so not quite next year, they're reducing that coverage gap to zero hmm. or the catastrophic. The catastrophic, the catastrophic Phase me, four, yeah. basically. Yeah, okay. phase four. Mm -hmm. So now you don't even have to pay that 5%. And then mm -hmm. that year after that, if everything goes as planned in 2025, then just the most that anybody has to spend on medications in a year will be 2000 Oh, hmm. good. Which, which, is, which would be very, very helpful for a lot of folks. Yeah. And to then on top of this, then they've also passed legislation that, they're, that Medicare is going to finally be able to negotiate, negotiate yeah. with the pharmacies the way the Veterans Administration has been able to do for years. That's why they were able mm -hmm. to take care of veterans' um, pharmaceutical needs so mm -hmm. easily. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that is going to make a huge difference. Yeah. And I would say in the past year, there's been more positive change than the 14 years prior with just yeah. the, the prescription piece of this. This has been, it's, it's been good news. So mm. hopefully everything rolls out the way it's it's presented to us. Right, mm -hmm. yeah, ho hopefully. Mm -hmm. And and it's, again, um, to listeners, it really is uh, an issue of doing your homework. So an example that I went through, and again, you said you could change this every year, and every year I have a different set of, mm -hmm. of groups to choose from. One year I chose a group and, and um, the uh, connector said, this is going to work out well for you. And then I'm getting these huge bills and I'm thinking, how is this working out? You know, mm -hmm. luckily I'm in a position in which I can afford it and I don't have that much medication. It's not, you're not looking at thousands of dollars, but mm -hmm. it was more than what I thought. But at the end of the year, I went through and I added it up and it actually was to my advantage. And you don't know that, mm -hmm. you know, when you only look at one monthly bill, mm -hmm. or one the bill for one month, mm -hmm. then and it's not what you expected it to be. Then suddenly it's like, oops, this is wrong, blah blah, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, you have you have to sit down and really do your homework and realize what it is, and not just look at one tiny piece of the, mm -hmm. of the mm -hmm. puzzle. Yeah, I wanted to bring up again, and I, this was a surprise in our previous episode about this, and I think it's worth noting again since we're on the prescription talk. Uh, that we're really used to using as good RXs and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I, if I remember correctly, you said that it stops. Well, or is there some changes to that? Well, the good RXs still, you can continue to use those. Okay. Those are okay to use currently. Right. And so if good RX, which is just a, a discount program that mm -hmm. Brett's referring to, that you can go to the pharmacy and maybe have them run it through this discount and see mm -hmm. if it's better than your prescription plan. You can still use that. The, uh, the one that's, more hurtful that you can't use anymore are the manufacturer discounts. Oh, okay. That's what you were referring okay. to where right. it is one of these medications where they bring a list to me and we're going through it. And like Cosentix, for instance, is, is something for rosacea and it's just very expensive. And the lady I was talking to said, oh, don't worry, I have a manufacturer coupon where I only pay $10 a month. 
And when I ran it through though, without that manufacturer discount, which won't be there anymore when she's on Medicare, she was looking at thousands of dollars for that, right. which again, goes back to my point of the, I, yeah. I hate that, that part of the mm-hmm. meeting where you have to tell folks that. But it's better to be surprised at that meeting yes, than. Yes, that's what she said. I, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you at least. To be prepared. Be prepared to know, okay, how am I going to cover this? Because that's mm-hmm. life threatening or at least uncomfortable right. piece mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, there's actually another thing that um, I have learned about through a friend who has a very expensive compounded medications that mm-hmm. she has to take. And uh, one is covered by Medicare. The other one is not. And the only way she can afford it is that the pharmaceutical company itself literally ha- gives her a grant. And I'm doing my little air yeah, quotes yeah. here. Hmm. Um, they call it a grant. It's it's basically giving it to her for free. Now, and, and that's okay under Medicare, um, but who knows? Mm-hmm. I mean, that could suddenly disappear. Mm-hmm. That's, that's where we get a little bit, I don't want to... Not false hope, but there are those those one offs that it works great for an individual, but it's mm-hmm. maybe not a widespread right situation. Mm-hmm. So when I do hear uh, something like that, it's always like, well, yes, finally somebody is able to doing the right thing. But it's not it's yeah. not forced upon folks to do the yeah. right thing. So sometimes yeah. they just well, and that it could change when the negotiations start changing too. Mm-hmm. I mean, right now those compounded medications are getting like no coverage. Mm-hmm. And so the company is realizing they have to do something and it and it tends to be for I think catastrophic costs. So another friend of ours used it because she had MS and mm-hmm. they diagnosed that when she was about 20. Mm-hmm. So she went for 30 40 years mm-hmm. of having to pay medication that would literally have been thousands of dollars a month where the manufacturer literally gave her grants Mm -hmm. every year. So, um, you know, I'm not trying to say manufacture or that, you know, pharmaceuticals shouldn't be making some money, but (laughs) it's like, how much does this cost to make? Sure. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Well, we're recording this before the actual open enrollment window, which begins October 15th in 2022 and ends December 7th. So, because we're recording it before October 15th, some decisions for 2023 aren't known. They're on paper, but you just can't say, mm-hmm. you know, or we'll have to, you know, take an eye out or something mm-hmm. like that. But could you give us some tips on the issues that are still under undetermined and how our listeners can find the most up-to-date information before they determine the policies that they they're going to have to go up against next mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the good news is even though someone like myself, we're not allowed to talk about the plans until after October 1st, actually. That's when it's okay. released, the information. We're allowed to talk. But then after October 15th, we're actually able to help people move if they need to move. Mm-hmm. But anybody on Medicare now in the month of September will get their annual notice of change. So okay. every plan, anybody on a prescription drug plan, anybody on a Medicare Advantage plan will get this from their insurance company sometime in September. So make sure you're looking for that every year because it lays out what your plan is this year, what it will be next year. And if you do have that, then there's different regulations that you might be able to talk about that if you're actually getting that and trying just to ask somebody, hey, can you explain this particular plan? But so look for that to come in the mail in September. And and that could be if you're if you're doing A and B and D and a supplement, mm-hmm. and, you know, it could be one for each of those. 
it's not going to necessarily be just one notice, depending unless, on the on yep, what you're on. Yep, unless you're on a Medicare Advantage where everything's consolidated. You're right, Carol, that there there are separate notices for these. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. But after October 1st is when we can really start talking about everything for next year. That's when everything's back out on the table. Um, I've seen some stuff printed out um, that some announcements that were actually happened early on this year. There's no guarantee that because you saw it back in April that that's the actual final information. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's the other thing. If you're some some folks don't do any research, some of us do too much research, uh, too and soon. then you have yeah. the, you have the wrong information. Mm-hmm. So, okay, all, all right, right. Okay. yeah. So one topic we should go back to you alluded to it very briefly is the role of uh, that seniority benefit group plays in assisting employers and managing employee benefit packages. It seems SBG can provide the services needed when employees are moving into Medicare insurance after being covered by their employer's package. How can SBG assist employers? I mean, what role do you guys take and and really what are the benefits of contracting with you to do this? Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the beauty of our services is they don't cost anything. So an employer isn't adding anything to their bottom line to bring us in to talk to their folks. Right. And what we found with our relationships with employers, a lot of times the employees will say, well, this is the best benefit that's that our employer has given us is just the this resource that I can ask my questions about this very, very confusing topic. But if you look at, again, back to that bottom line of the employers, when they're reviewing their health insurance plan and they're talking to their broker that, that helps them with that, a lot of times their broker is going to bring up the fact, well, do you understand, Mr. Smith, that you have 10 people that are eligible for Medicare now? And if they were maybe to see the options in Medicare, they might see that Medicare is better and then it also might help your employer plan all in one, where a lot of times these employers have, in order to keep costs relatively low or stable-ish, they have to keep increasing the deductibles and pushing more mm-hmm. cost onto the employees. Mm-hmm. So if there is a solution where that employee who is now eligible for Medicare didn't realize that they could go on Medicare, still work just fine, where Medicare might be a greener pasture for them, and then the employer might have a better chance when they go out to shop their plan, knowing that their employers are on Medicare now and their plan doesn't have to worry about that risk. Because there's no cost to an employer. If somebody moves to Medicare, correct. I mean, if the employer could choose to help them in terms of cost, uh, HRA and, or something like that. But Yeah, yeah. And even that's delicate because you don't ever want to to make it seem as if someone's being forced off an employer plan right. onto Medicare. So, right. but more, it really is just, we go into these companies and have a an hour conversation with their employees that might be eligible for Medicare. And a couple of them might say, well, that sure sounds better to me. But then the others, at least the fear will be alleviated from all these things they've heard up to 65 that you're going to be penalized, you're going to be penalized. Mm-hmm. And so for the employer, it's just a way of removing all those Medicare questions that might hit their HR department and offload them onto us at Seniority Benefit mm-hmm. Group because we don't mind answering those questions. We don't mind coming in and, and doing Medicare 101s at their offices for their folks. So they can, they can skirt that age discrimination veil that mm-hmm. it kind of looks like, okay, we're mm-hmm. targeting all of you because you're 64 and a half. It's time to have the Medicare talk. Well, and – one of the things that I love about working where I do is my boss has always made it a priority that you do the right thing. So I know when I'm talking to somebody and if I'm looking at it 
and this is what their employer's offering, this is what they have through Medicare. If it's through the employer, I, not that I don't care what the employer thinks, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to do anything that's going to make their employee situation worse by leaving the plan. Even if the employer says, oh, if they come off the plan, I'm going to save a lot of That's too bad. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, <laughs> but it is. Right, yeah. right, right. But yeah, but there are a lot of win-win situations out there mm -hmm. where it's just less expensive because maybe you're at a smaller company that with a high deductible and you're mm -hmm. paying a whole lot for that employee benefit. Right, maybe right. Medicare is better. Right. Are, are employers legally responsible for telling and a, a, an employee that um, they have to go on Medicare? Maybe I've got two questions here. Mm -hmm. Do they have to tell them that they're eligible for Medicare at 65? And are they allowed to cut them out of insurance at 65 because they can go on Medicare? No. So to answer the second mm. question first, no. There's okay. ERISA laws out there that if you're an active employee, you can't be treated any differently even okay. you know, that as far as the employee benefits being offered to you okay. in the health insurance realm, mm -hmm. in that lane. So no, they can't say, oh, you're 65, you have to go on Medicare, too bad. They can't do that, even though some employers I'm sure would like to. Um, and they don't have to tell somebody they're eligible for Medicare, but it's it it's to their advantage to have them explore it right. at least to see if it is better. That's interesting because I'm on, a, because of the state pension I'm on, mm -hmm. I retired before I was 65. So mm -hmm. I was I was purchasing insurance through the pension plan, mm -hmm. but, it, and they told you up front, when you turn 65, you better have Medicare because we cut you off. That's different than okay. when you're an active employee. employee yes. Right. Yeah. So, it, so whenever, but, mm -hmm. but they need to, people need to think that through. Yes. Yeah. So if it's any type of retiree plan where you're on that right. plan prior to 65, they, they can at that point. But if you're an active employee still punching the proverbial time clock every right. day, they can't. How about a how about a um, somebody who owns their own business? How about you know somebody like Brett? It's a one person. You own your own business. Mm -hmm. You are purchasing your your um, insurance. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that says you have to go on Medicare. No. But there are different. It, not to get too far in the weeds, but with employer plans, if you're less than 20 employees, Medicare does become primary the day that you're eligible for Medicare. So if you're if you're an individual mm -hmm. or if you have a company that has 15 employees, once Medicare is is available to somebody, that employer plan is allowed to say, look, we're secondary to Medicare. So whether mm -hmm. you enroll in it or not, we're going to pay as a secondary situation. Interesting. So in that in that realm specifically, it does behoove a lot of people to to really look at Medicare and all its choices because you, you want Medicare anyway, even if you're going to stay on that employer plan, which the employer plan can't kick you off. But in that situation, it probably is better to go through your own individual Medicare plan so that mm -hmm. if you're if you're listening, you're with an employer that has less than 20 employees, that's where we really want to make sure we're talking prior to your mm -hmm. 65th birthday. Well, and you know, you're such a kid. You got years. I didn't you know where she was going with this. <laughs> Should I say? Do you think I'm that close to it yet, or no. are we really just talking to the listener, going, "Hey, if you're in that situation, yes, yes. Exactly. all theory." Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Brett is so much younger than I am. He has years before, but uh, but but he does sort of enjoy uh, hearing me grimace about a lot. Of yeah. Oh, I'm taking notes. <laughs> you know, yeah. Be, you be prepared at that age. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> You know, Josh, every, we say this every year, the hour that we spend together talking goes like in two minutes. Mm -hmm. 
So before we close down our conversation, what are what are your words of wisdom? What do you really want to make sure people understand? My words of wisdom is just consider the source. It really, really is consider the source. You just, I'm talking to folks who are turning 65 in the next year. You will be bombarded with so much information and it's gotten so much worse mm-hmm. where, like I referenced, my parents went through this. So they were giving me the daily counts of how many people called them mm-hmm. and it was double digits and it was six months straight. I mean, how, it, and and I know a lot of people will start to put that ignore button on, hit that red button when somebody calls, but but what if it you accidentally do that to somebody that you should have been talking to? It's just, there's a whole lot of information out there, but there are also a lot of local resources. Stay local if you can. Mm-hmm. Talk to somebody here. If you live in Central Ohio, talk to someone like us in Central Ohio. If you live in California or move out to California, find a local resource out in California. Don't, don't necessarily rely on somebody calling you from states away. So just, and... When you're looking at these ads that are going to be hitting the the TV screen here this fall, just like last year, I'm sure there'll be plenty, plenty more where there's, if it's a retired athlete talking to you about how great something is, there is some fragments of truth in there. They can't necessarily out and out lie to you, but they're definitely withholding some of the, the whole truth. And so even though they're talking about something that conceptually does make a lot of sense for a lot of people, just talk to somebody locally that can explain what that person was trying to, to tell you. So just there are a lot of resources out there that don't cost you any extra. Like Carol said earlier, there's no incentive for these folks like us, like me, to, to push one way or another because there are limits to what can be paid on, on that insurance company's behalf. So just make sure you're talking to somebody that you can trust, that's local, and really that's my best – advice I can give somebody, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Many thanks to you, Josh, stopping by from Seniority Benefit Group for joining us today. You know, listeners, thank you for joining us. Don't forget to check out our show notes for Josh's contact information as well as the resources. We'll be on our website and the show notes. Uh, The website, again, is lookingforwardourway.com and we're looking forward to hearing you for your feedback and on this episode and all of our other episodes of Looking Forward Our Way. 